Confessing should be easy. And welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. We are once again joined by our illustrious uh, guest from across the street, our technical analyst, Kobe. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Oh, by the way, Alex, uh, what is the, uh, the email, somebody, if they need to reach you about any questions they may have? Yeah, sometimes I forget about that, and it's not because I, uh, I think we just get going with the show. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, alex.richwagon at gmail.com, cool. and that's G-E-N at the end of Richwagon, so alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Okay. So um, before we get into the show, um, so Kobe, you showed me something over this weekend. You showed me um, how to do something I'd never done before. Wow. Ah. And, uh, did your wife like it? My wife doesn't, doesn't <laughs> eat it. Um, so, uh, bought some, uh, some fresh fish from, uh, Costco. And it's funny, I, I had people at work, they go, hey, um, so I said, I had some fresh fish and I filleted it. And my neighbor showed me how to fillet it. And they said, well, you know, where did you catch it? I go, well, I stuck my arm in the cooler <laughs> at Costco in one fell swoop and I grabbed the fish out and I threw it in my cart. It was perfect. I, I, I caught it in one, one, one hand, no, no issues at all. So, uh, so Kobe, tell me about the fillet part because, you know, unless you haven't done it before, actually it's kind of, I would say, maybe kind of scary. Like you don't know what to do. I think, I think uh, uh, the knife you use needs to be very sharp. And when you first look at it, it looks like, okay, how do I get this uh, bones and, oh, it's fresh and I don't know what I'm Intimidating. Do. It's and intimidating. on the thing. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, my goodness. And if, it's, and if you caught it live, there's even the, the guts and everything you have to deal with. But it, 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 it's a quite a, a, a simple procedure, as you saw. Sure. I mean, you just basically cut just above or just behind the, the, the jaw and the gills and, and then kind of went down the back with a sharp knife and kept going down there and it it came out real nice. So, so for everybody that's um, home listening to this, um, when he says really, so you know, you've got the fish head, and you kind of like if you cover up the fish's head with one of your hands, and you kind of cut like right on the side of it. That's what he means by the head and the gills. So I'm gonna go kind of break this down in lamest terms, and then you kind of take the the knife and you cut right along the the top of the fish, and then from there you're just kind of filleting the the fillet right out of it. And it comes out really, really simple. You throw it skin side down on the grill, five minutes, oh, and uh, you, you've got this wonderful fillet. The dill, dill, uh, dill, lemon, um, salt, pepper, garlic. It, it was just so. It's so good. Fantastic. So anyway, I know this isn't a fish show, but you know, kind of, we can get into other topics as well from time to time, and um, we'll, so, get into, we'll get into we'll get into the the uh, fish stocks. No, I was thinking more <laughs> along the lines of the ninety nine uh, uh, efforts to build a fence uh, at one point in time, but right, hey, right now, I do have an update for that. We'll talk about that after the show. Um, so we're gonna go through a rundown and some stock reflection, something we've been following for the last few weeks. Um, including Lyft, who had a successful IPO last very week. Nice. Yep. Um, very successful to start. It's been down since then. It's kind of back to normal. And then um, another stock that I talked about a lot last year, and something you and I have been following, <laughs> and it's one of those things that like you just got to believe. Um, we'll talk about that one as well in his future IPO. That I think it's really, really interesting that uh, something to keep our eyes on. But anyways, let's go to the news portion. Facebook, our friends, they just can't stay out of the news. They... Uh, there was a hack 
of a hundreds of millions of accounts and records were exposed no. because of Amazon Cloud. And Facebook came out and they said, well, we can't help from what you do with the information. It goes to a third party. And I'm like, you guys got to be kidding me. I mean, this is just an onslaught of it just keeps coming and coming. Like long term, this is what I was saying that we talk about day two. Like we're already in day three of Facebook. Day two is the growth. Day three is like stabilizing. I don't know. The next portion, like they're going to be like, let's restrict the platform a little bit. So all I can say is, is that. For the last few years, I've used a um, a random password generation. Sure. And I have, I think at last check, I had 258 different passwords. It's too bad. I don't have to remember any of them at Thank you. All. Thank you, Google. <laughs> no, but, it wasn't Google, but it was, it I, was definitely a, a, a nice thing not to have to worry about that. You've got one password, one password to get into the system, and then that's it. I got a slant for this. So as I feel that these keep coming, these um, attacks keep coming, we had the Cambridge America 87 million accounts hacked. Um, they're going to beef up their security. And so a slant that I like to take about it is something I'm really high on over the next 10 years, um, cybersecurity. There's cybersecurity stocks that I really like. I think it's a forward trend. I think it's great for young students to be looking at that as a career. Um, really, really impressive oh, field. Uh, um, analytics, algorithms, they've got to have a whole bunch of information out there and what's the best practices and leadership. So um, there's a few stocks that I'll throw out there. Maybe we'll talk about another show. One is um, called um, M-A-N-T, Mantech. Mm -hmm. And the other one is uh, Veronis, V-R-N-S. So the, the other way that... that that um, your listeners can go ahead and not worry so much about cybersecurity. Just have really lousy credit, and nobody's going to tap into anything. You or you can take the Kobe method. That, is that the same thing of uh, put your money in a mayonnaise jar and put it out back? Yeah, yeah, something to that effect. So, so again, cybersecurity could be something on the horizon. Um, something I've been very high on. I've written, oh, I've written blog articles about this. There's, if you want to take a basket of cybersecurity stock. There's one, there's an ETF called Hack, mm -hmm. um, H-A-C-K, which has a basket of all the top cybersecurity. That's how I, and you asked me this, like, how do you find your ideas? I take the idea and I went and found the ETF and then I broke down the ETF and I was like, these are the top three to five ideas I really like inside there. We're not going to go all the way into detail. Maybe that's another show. No, I'm looking at details, but it almost sounds like you're, you're taking the approach to the and, and I know there's a, a name for the investing club, but it was a bunch of old women that would get together wow. every single... Call me an old woman. Well, I kind of am. I don't play bridge but, or backgammon. Well, then maybe that's why your stock picks are where they are. But anyway, so... The, <laughs> uh, but, but they would... They read the book, Investing Should Be Easy. That will get you there closer. Maybe the old women read that one too. I don't know. But real quick. So what they would do is they would pick things that were favorites. What where, where did they go to eat every single? Well, their kids go to eat, but something like that. But I or think we, that's like common common sense investing. It, it was, and they were, but they were spot on for many years. Yep. And I think what we're getting into again is okay. What is going to be the important things? And it it ain't going to be McDonald's, but unless they come up with some. Uh, no, it's, it's, actually, it's actually something but, that you're touching on that I talk about uh, two ways of investing and uh, how a consumer can look at common, common sense investing mm -hmm. versus, um, I'd say, the Wall Street way or you know outside of common sense investing. I talk about that in my book, 
a lot in like later in the chapters after you get through the foundation and the purpose is you as a consumer you wake up you go to work and you come home you probably interact with something like 30 different companies sure. you don't really know about it you don't think about it and if you like the story i use in the book is the ipod the ipod came out in 2003 and it was revolutionary it's just like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever people just started popping up left and right copycats came out but it was nothing like the ipod apple stock was trading at you know 20 30 40 50 whatever else <laughs> now it's you know thousands times over but it's that common sense approach and and I think that's what I'm what I'm suggesting here yeah. is that it it, it what use is for the investor sure in their personal lives what they what they use all the time what they see I mean you go, their friends their their friends see that somebody uses somebody does something they need yeah. that may not be uh, is not out there or or that is developing um, any of those things could be uh, a, a possibility to, to look into. And then at that point in time, when you look at that type of stock, then using Alex's method in which to go ahead and say, okay, this looks like this is a solid company or eh, maybe not so much. The investing um, should be easy book will help give you a little bit more information yes, on absolutely. that as well. But um, so that was the Facebook story. Another one that caught my eye was um, Amazon. So as you know, Amazon, the past six months, they acquired uh, Whole Foods, which they're trying to get more out of just being a online store to have some brick and mortar. They've up updated some Amazon shops, if you will. And one of the things come out, they're having trouble with getting Prime members to use Whole Foods. And some of the, I'm going to give you some few statistics and some other thoughts here as well. Is um, only 18% of Prime members shop at Whole Foods at least one times a month, and this that's a, that's like nothing compared to how much money that Prime members bring in all the time. And um, another starting statistic: 70% of Prime members never shop at Whole Foods. Well, hence 18% do, and the rest of them don't. And then the rest is in like in that little middle zone. And they've acquired this huge industry, and one of the things they're trying to get away from, and they're thinking about the business model, thinking about lowering prices, how do they compete, is um, they're trying to get away from the customer feedback of whole paycheck, which has been the slogan of Whole Foods and how people think about, I, I got to go spend a whole paycheck to get some really good food, but you've got competing brands like Aldi getting into organics. You've got um, Sprouts, who's really sprouting up and popping up a lot over the place, and they offer really good bargains on organic food. So why do they have to charge so much? I think this is, uh, you know, how does Amazon combat this image and get into? Because Amazon's been a low price provider for a number of years. Um, I, I would, I would, th th of course, they can try and be the low price provider. And don't get me wrong, I love Amazon as a company. I think the pr stock is great. I think it's great long term. Um, this is could be a, just a short term hiccup. <laughs> My thought is is that they need to separate companies out, um, and and in some cases they don't need to be the cheapest. They don't need to be the least expensive. They need to worry about we have the best quality food mm -hmm. on the market. Period. In the do store. you shop at Whole Foods? Uh, let me think about it. No, no, neither um, do I. No, I mean I've gone in for maybe supplements or something like that, 
And the only thing that really interests me... Even Walmart has organic food now. When I went in there was it did have uh, a bar Mm -hmm. where I can get some beer. Uh, But other than that, I wasn't really interested in it. Um, I have I have gone there for lunch because they have a nice like buffet of like salads and soups and you could order something and but but, but like but, that's a that's a lunch experience. Okay, but but, but, but you have a beer to, experience. You, yeah. Let's get back to the fact that if you if you uh, are looking to buy from Whole Foods now, like I said, it's delivered to your door. Sure. But but think about the type of people who shop online. Everybody now. I was about to say, who's excluded who's, from this list? But. Besides but, Uncle Jim and the farm. But how many of those people who shop online on a very regular basis really care or they're interested? Are they going to the gym? Are they going to. That healthy lifestyle? Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, I got a healthy a lifestyle reason, slang for you. That's the reason I'm sitting. Yeah. I, I don't have to move. I don't have to do nothing. Um, there's obviously a, a algorithm that they'll figure out. They'll they'll, fi- they'll figure it out. Um, I think in the short term, it's a it's a little bit of a lull and could bring the stock down a little bit as they report out on what's going on. Because sometimes, depending on the CFO and their transparency, they'll tell you every business segment. Perfect example. Um, Ruth, I forget her last name. She joined Google. Uh, last year or so, she replaced a longtime CFO of Google who was like 50s and he retired early with his wife because they were on a mountain. She's like, what is it all for? You've got millions of dollars. Can we retire? He said, yes. They brought in a new CFO who was very transparent and she talked about AdSense. She talked about Google's um, YouTube growth. She talked about different growth channels. Analysts could see it. The stock shot up 20, 30%. Okay. Well, then they, that's the they, transparency I'm talking about. So the transparency could hurt. Amazon, depending on how they want to talk about this segment. Well, if you want to talk about AdSense and those things at, at a later point in time, um, yeah, Google's maybe not being the best uh, uh, steward for for their for their clients. Let mm-hmm. me just put it that way. With their new, uh, it sounds like real good, but I, well, I don't want to interrupt the show to go. No, ahead. no, no, it's fine. So, so okay, so here's what happened. Um, I have done AdWords and AdSense and 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 you in your own business places in my yep. own business for many 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 years. Sure, um, I found a niche. I found a way to go ahead and do a three dollar click instead of a nine dollar click. Yep, and it was consistent, and I make anywhere between six to ten times whatever I pay on Google every single month. Interesting. So I don't have that's that's that's. For me, that's a fantastic investment. That's a great deal. It would be, yeah. would be willing to do 600 that. times on your money. Yeah. So, so, you, so no problem with that. Now, I get these phone calls. And these guys, they, they are probably from, they're not from the Philippines. I'm thinking they're from India. But their English is perfect. Sure. And they are exceptionally helpful. And they want you to do these things called smart campaigns. Well, smart campaigns, you're putting in all kinds of different words, not your particular words, but words that will go ahead and show up, and they will change the ad on a regular basis, see what clicks, see what doesn't. And my call rate that I got people calling me after I did this went down by 60%. That's not good. No. And so I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm seeing, I'm seeing clicks, I'm seeing this, but my call rate went down. So your call rate goes down, your costs are going up. No, actually the costs were still at, at, at a very low $3. They didn't, they're, they, they... Well, let me put it a different way. So your percentage, your um, your rate from money spent to call went down. 
Correct. Okay. Correct. But it's a ratio. The, the, the long and short of it is, is that the amount of money that I was making didn't go up. <laughs> so, so the smart smart thing was not so, very smart. So no, it wasn't. And then I had listened to a more, a more recent uh, thing on actually a farm podcast that was talking about Google AdWords, and he and, and the, the the expert they had on was saying when you start a new account, do not do the smart quote unquote thing because it is not beneficial in a lot of cases. Some, yeah, I'm sure it is for some. But so, so that's you were talking about the transparency. No, they're they're still trying to get those dollars in the door and to get the clicks and everything else like that. But what they're what they're so the first that was the first group of people you went to. The second group of people you went to was people that wanted to add access to the back end of your website so they could monitor when somebody clicked on this page and this page and this page. So, so they the could, Google Analytics. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but this is even much much deeper than the normal Google Analytics. And um, it just didn't feel right. <laughs> now, I talked to some people that said, oh, don't worry, it's fine, and like that. But long and short is, is that I'm not a big fan of their new process they're doing. Whether they're being transparent or not, yeah, I'm not so sure. The transparency I was talking about was into each business line. And let me give you an example. So Apple, they are not transparent. They've actually changed the way they do the conference calls. They don't break out per segment because they're... Apple Watches were getting crushed. Oh, absolutely. Crushed. They were expecting 5 million, 10 million. They were reporting like three. And say, and, and, and devices sold. So they've decided... And their new phones... Go ahead, so Adam. Apple's an iPhone company. They yeah. make 80% of the profits from iPhones. We know that. Here's the piece, though. They actually said, we're not going to report on devices anymore. We're just going to give you our sales numbers because then you start breaking out these numbers. They've gone the other way from being transparent because they're trying to change their business model, get into services, and it doesn't give as much transparency to the analysts, which, again, that's something else for them. Last piece of the puzzle on Spark and the market thing that I've noticed, and then we're going to take two questions from Mailbag we got, is um, I, I had my accountant. My, my my taxes done last week, and then I started doing research. He said, "Hey, just just FYI, you pay taxes." I, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I have an accountant, so when when I get my taxes done, he goes, "Just be prepared. Your return's going to be lower this year because there's some tax changes. You're getting a little bit more money in your paycheck. You're not going to see less return. This is just kind of the way the system works." I did some research. It is widespread. It's just something that's going across multiple industries. So my question or my thought process here was. Who else is going to be impacted? And I'm talking companies because a lot of people, when they get their tax, and this is all statistically, you know, there's a lot of research behind this. They go out, they get their taxes. What do I do? Let me give you a quick story and then we'll get more into the segment. I used to sit next to a guy who was in debt, was getting out of debt, and was, uh, you know, he always wanted to buy the next best thing. Always wanted to buy the next best thing. So he's getting his bonus or his tax refund. And I said, you know, hey, what are you going to do with the information? And he's like, I'm going to go buy a pool table. I go, didn't you just tell me you bought like a supercomputer that costs like $3,000 or something? Why don't you pay off your debt? And he goes, well, but I really want the pool table. And so people have this spontaneity of going out and buying a purchase. Like they want to reward themselves for the year. So I was thinking about this and the purchase and the spontaneity, those people that maybe can't afford it, but want to afford it because they just want to spend the money. It's like bullying. As my dad used to say, it's burning a hole in your pocket. The money is. And I started thinking about like big box, started thinking about Best Buy, started thinking about home appliances, um, 
how Lowe's, Home Depot, Amazon could all be impacted in the short term because this is a supply-demand game with sales. It, 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 it's interesting that you put it that way because I remember... And, and, and I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a prediction for this. I've not, not checked out this year at all. I've not been paying attention it's to it. It's down by thousands. But last, the average return. But, but okay. And, and that, I, I'm sure. But the new, new tax laws. However, didn't the bonuses go up last year in leaps and bounds compared to what they were? That was... Um, so I can give you a little more information there. So last year, the economy across the board was like, oh my goodness, now we've reached a new norm. So the bonuses actually went down this year. So bonuses bonuses went down according to what the old, so let me talk about in terms. So you go back to 2016, 2017, 2018 was like a monster year. So people were thinking, oh my gosh, 2018 is a new norm. No. If you look at it over cyclical time, <laughs> 2016, 2017 was the norm. 2019 came back to the norm, right. but people's expectations got higher, okay. and then you had these tax changes. And so what happens is you're like you're naturally inflated. You're expecting another 20%, <laughs> which isn't going to happen. So that one went down, and then also your tax refund went down. So you're thinking, oh, my God, I sh- I'm down like a couple thousand dollars. Can I really go buy that new TV, that new couch? Can I go buy the new home appliances? My wife wants a new refrigerator, dishwasher, something. Those are all going to suffer. So as I, well, this is my prediction, as supply ramps up and people start thinking about projecting their 2020 ordering, and I'm thinking about companies, not people, is supply is going to go up. Once we get to Q4, all the supply is going to come on the market and sales are going to go way up because the demand for this, if you've got an item that's usually selling for $1,000 and now it's being discounted because they got to get it off their lot, people are going to get these things for maybe like $700. Maybe it's even like further than that. So I'm thinking there's going to be a mass inventory, get rid of this stuff as we rush into the holiday shopping season. In Q1 2020, we're going to see a cyclical uptrend with a lot of the retail industry. That's my so Q, analysis. Well, that would be Q2 would be a showing a net loss because they just discounted everything so uh, much. But I'm thinking it's already going to be adjusted in their forecast this year when they go through the next few cycles because they're going to report. My, again, my prediction, we're going to report lower sales. We're going to report uh, higher inventory, which will then naturally go, we got to get rid of this stuff because the 2020 merchandise is coming in. We're going to sell, sell a lot of stuff in Q4, which will be reflected in Q1. Well, I, 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 and I think that that is a, a solid uh, prediction. Um, the only thing I can say is that whenever I go to buy something, sure, uh, if I need it, I need it, obviously. But I'm always looking for a steal, not a deal. And I think you're going to find steals in quarter four. And I, and I, and I think that my, my my buying thing is whatever it costs. If it costs a thousand dollars and I can get it for six hundred. I'll buy that. Okay, so now the same thing. Well, whatever the thing is, sixty cents on the whatever, whatever the thing is, my prediction is going to be five hundred, maybe even four hundred, because they're going to they're going to have more backup inventory of these dishwashers, these washing machines, these appliances, all the stuff they need to get rid of because of the glut of what's going to be in a cyclical economy. Do you think it will be more about? Um, the wants versus the needs? Because I'm thinking the dishwashers and whatnot is more of a need than a want. 
But I think I think if well, you can okay, wait to upgrade and if we buy the type of dishwasher that you buy, then maybe it's a want. But I mean, the need for the normal person is no, just easy. Uh, so you can't see me, but I'm trying. I'm trying to laugh about this. <laughs> but again, that's an idea. So as you think about stock market ideas and trends and what you want like to it. put your money in, um, I see a Q3, Q4 regression. I see maybe even possible small recession. And then in Q1, it's going to go back up so a little by a little bit more than usual. So there was actually a uh, – the and forgive me for not knowing which, which thing this was in, but there was an actual uh, uh, bond. Uh, I think it was treasury bonds. And when the – I think I remember like gold bond, like the, the lotion, no. <laughs> the powder. No, 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 no. So, uh, but the, the, when the bonds, the, the short-term three-year bond was paying more than the 10-year bond, mm -hmm. that always had preceded in the past a recession. Yep. And I'm thinking, okay, that was the first thing. The second thing... So this is not an economist show, by the way. No, it's uh, not. No, it's not, but, but, I'm, just, but I'm just, I'm listening to people who follow that particular... Sure. Okay. Okay. But then I'm looking at people who have um, durable good orders like tractors and, and equipment and stuff like that, as well as some commodities that has gone up, all indicating that somebody's planning to grow. Yeah. <laughs> so is it which which way is it? Mm -hmm. No clue. Yeah. But I, just there's so many conflicting things out there, and if you really look at them, it's like, well, this says this and this says this. This is a prediction from a data point yeah. and kind of following it out and what is this going to mean in the future. That's my prediction. We'll uh, we'll, we'll see if I look smart or I look dumb in about, you know, eight to ten months. You always look smart, Alex. Oh, no. Just, you know. That's the way you dress. That's the way you dress, thanks. So the last one we want to talk about is um, more like stock reflection, and then we're going to hit a few mailbag questions. And um, as we know, Lyft oh, had their IPO on man. Friday, 20% right out of the gate. Eight, it went from seventy. Remember, it, started seventy two. You, you mentioned last week yep. when it was. I was lucky. I was lucky enough to get into the IPO, and which good for you. Um, it was good for me at the time, but it's dropped back down. So well, it's, well, it's still good for you though. You have you have anyway. This is matter. a long term perspective here. But but they initially said sixty six. Yes. Now they went. Think about this. They went up sixty. They went up to seventy two. Okay, that's ten percent right there. Yep. Okay, so so, but just by changing that, they made ten percent more money. Correct. No, as soon as it came out, it went to and change. Yeah, and then for the rest of the day, it, so it was up twenty percent, and then it closed down about ten percent by the day. And over the last uh, few days since we had the first IPO, we're about even. We're about back to the IPO price of around seventy-two. But but as far as the company goes, oh yeah, they're up an additional ten percent. Yeah, they would have been by going ahead and opening at sixty six. So so the sell side analysts or the short term analysts, the ones that want to do the sells, they are looking at short term. Lyft's business model, they're thinking long term. So Amazon since the inception. For 10 plus years, they just reported losses, 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 and people just believed in the idea. Well, eventually the idea came full circle because they weren't interested in the short-term cycle. They were interested in the long-term cycle. Lifts after the same type of manner, and they're going to sacrifice short-term profits for what does the company expand to, what it should be, 
2023 um, is what the what the la- last thing I heard was. So that's for me. It's a long term play. Um, I get a lot of questions on. Well, should we sell now? Sell now? And we got other questions in the mailbag. But to me, I look for at least a 12 to 18 month outlook, and then I review my portfolio at least um, you know quarterly every six months. You know, I'm curious on the people that says, should I sell now? Should I sell now? Long term. Well, and that's it too. I mean, are you a trader or are you an investor? Um, I think it's a generational thing. It could very well be. Delayed gratification doesn't exist. So, so let's kind of continue to watch Lyft. Um, we'll have the updates as it goes. And the SGMO. SGMO is on my on my list to review as well. So if um, depending on how long you've been listening to the show, um, San Gamo is a stock that is a very very interesting stock. The stock symbol is SGMO. What the company does, this is a, um, and we're going to go to Kobe's technical analysis in just a second, <laughs> but um, give you a kind of a quick background. So I like to do deep research into what I call future trends. One of the things that I'm very um, interested in is healthcare. And as the population ages, how are we combating? Um, people want to live forever. There's, there's people that are out there, like in California, that are putting information and, and data into artificial intelligence as it crosses over medicine. So what San Gamma does is they have um, genetics. They handle genetic testing. They have genetic scissors. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have in your genetic family scissors. genetic scissors. So you took uh, one of those things for your um, heritage, right? Okay, yes. So you know yeah, your heritage. The, the, the DNA testing, yes. Correct. So let's say in the DNA testing, if it was medical related, you found that there was a chance of um, some cancer in your family. Mm-hmm. You actually could go to this is what the, this is the company does. They create um, genetic scissors. They could go into your DNA, cut that out, and give you a much higher chance of living in the future. So it's very, very futuristic. From from, from any age. From any age. I don't, I don't know the exacts there, okay. but like it's a they're going to trials. They also um, one of the things they're really researching right now is how to cure HIV. Taking out those genes, taking out those so, the DNA sequences. So they can, can they give me blue eyes too? Uh, there's actually <laughs> so fun fact. Um, I do actually have a company that I believe it's private. They do can change eye color. <laughs> so I do have a company in my back pocket. I could give you for that, um, and you can go research. Yeah. But um, so Syngamo, um, we're gonna talk about the technical angle in just a second. Companies trading in the mid teens um, upwards is almost up to thirty last year. Went way down, got killed. It's a small cap company. Was trading all by night eight. It had a forty five percent pop in one day this past week. I still own my portfolio. It's in my IRA. It's a long long term portfolio piece. I know I lost money on it, but you can't look at you look at your whole portfolio, not just one piece of it. And it's a very interesting play for me long term. And I wanted to bring it up because if you've been following it, did I am I hiding from it? No, I still believe in the company. I think it's a great long term play. Shut your eyes. Open in 10 years, you're probably going to be happy with it. So I'm going to pause. Let's go into the technical angle. Okay, so... Um, you look at things a lot different than I, I do. I, I, I have you to don't look do at fun. You don't look at fundamental I, analysis. I, I, don't look, I mean, I, if Alex tells me that something he, is fundamentally sound, I, I know he's done the research. And so I will be very interested in that stock for that reason. But once I look at that stock, then I look at where's the entry points of those stocks. <laughs> 
And my, from my perspective... What does an entry point mean? So where am I going to buy? Where am I going to start to buy? Are we getting somewhere? So if, so if uh, that stock is... And if I'm looking at the chart for a month, it's one thing. But if I'm looking at the chart for three years, or maybe even further out than that. So when you have massive amount... What do we do? Nine, ten years of the... The economy, go, uh, the the uh, market nine, going nine, up. Years, nine years, nine years, nine year bull run, nine years. It was crazy. I mean, it, it just almost never. I don't know if it's ever happened before, but if it has, it's no, very this rare. Is, this is this is a first. So when you have it, it just nothing dropped, but there was a, a point right at the. It was it happened to be at the ten dollar mark, and I kept telling Alex, I said buy at ten dollars, and he was kind of smirking because it was going up and it was doing the little things here that. And then for some reason, I don't I, no, other than the other than I, the whole market, I follow I follow the news and I understand what happens in the yeah. cycles. It's there's there's news driven. So, so it started coming down. I had it on my watch list, and about every day or two, I kind of look at see where it was. There was nowhere near ten dollars. Sure. And so I'm like, maybe I'm wrong on this. Okay. It hit ten, broke through, and went down to nine. And I'm like, whoa, that's a set to me. And I'm looking at that as, okay, it broke it by more than 10%. That may be a time to go ahead and get out. Sure. What I didn't realize at the time was you had this big company, and I don't know which investment company it was, that, that gave, uh, it was Goldman Sachs or who, who it was, but they said, oh, this is, this is uh, going on our sell list or something to that effect. Basically... When they announced that, that thing went down to nine. It got their investors in and out exactly where they were supposed to. The next day, it went back up to 11. That was nothing more than than corporate greed. Corporate greed is yeah. correct. So it what is. happened this past week, um, so they had um, what a 45% pop in one day. That's right. crazy. Um, it ended up settling around 30, and it's been up around another you know, 5%, 10%. So we're up almost 40% in just over a few different days. They had a very nice, encouraging um, clinical study that had a partner with Pfizer, big partner in there, and their experimental gene therapy treating um, patients with um, a very severe disease. And that was very encouraging people. That's why it popped. So, so I'm not sure why it popped. But my, my thought process is, from your uh, analysis, is this is probably where it should be trading at anyway. Mm -hmm. This or above. And so, I mean, unless it's the just... The ceiling's like 27, so we could be, you could double from here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, without looking at the chart, I wouldn't say anything like that where I would buy or sell or anything yep. like that. And, and that's not really what I want to do in the show anyway. Just to know people, there is going to be different levels where there's a lot of activity and those lot of activity areas are probably a good indication where the stock will go hover bounce around in the in, in the earlier case it bounced through which scared me but the next day when i saw it go back up it was like that's a farce that there's nothing that is those are your high frequency trading um algorithms that are picking yeah, that up as well ridiculous so stuff. so one of the things just to point out i want to take a minute for the the audience here is and in, the, in my book, Investing Should Be Easy, I'm a very um, research-driven fundamentals. I look at the company's financials, how they're doing. Kobe, very different, likes to look at um, chart analysis. He's not looking at any of the research that I am. And it's just two different angles to get to 
how you want to evaluate a stock. So again, just want to point that out um, for the audience. And if you have questions on the show, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. So one more IPO that's going to debut this year that's really interesting to me outside of the Airbnb and some of the VRBO and some of the Ubers as well is um, Peloton. You know what Peloton is? Peloton the bike? Yeah. Peloton the bike is growing, growing fast. I was reading about this in Fortune magazine that it's something to keep an eye on. They're, as we talk about a service-based model, people get on there, they pay a usual fee, they're addicted to exercise and cycling. It's um, it's very, very big. We've actually had a few bikes come into our organization that they pay the fees and whatnot, but um, it's something to keep an eye on as so we talk so, about. So you spend a couple thousand dollars on a bike, and then you have to pay a monthly fee on top of it? So It depends on... If you bought the bike or if you're leasing it or renting it or something else. Some tells me that's that 18% you were talking that's still shopping Whole Foods. <laughs> it's, uh, it could be, but um, but it's it's something that's a very Peloton, interesting, interesting. A, a very interesting model. I mean, it model. looks like a cool bike. I love it. And it lo- I'm sorry. I don't see one in the room. <laughs> no. No, I use it at work. I'm lucky enough to be a big company. Oh, has a really? few of them. Mm-hmm. Really? And you get these live... Um, classes or on-demand classes that you can just go in, plug in for 30 minutes at a time, and you've got an instructor. Go Lance! It's uh, it's crazy <laughs> the amount of stuff there. That's that's interesting though. They, so uh, that's the last one we're going to talk about stock reflection. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll bring it up, and also I'll tell you next time about the iColor um, changing model, <laughs> the company that's behind that. I wasn't kidding, by the way. Called. Contacts. No, it's not. It's actually a company you can change your uh, your DNA. Or you can change something, and they'll change your eye color, anything you want. But um, again, another day for uh, the feminine side of Kobe. I, 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 yeah, we got another another joke on that one, but we won't. We won't. This is it's this is a G-rated show. I believe it. So we're gonna go two mailbag questions, and Landon is a frequent guest, frequent listener. So we got two things from him, and the first one he came out with was. Where would you go to invest your money in the stock market and why? Um, to me, there's a couple different answers here. Um, the first one is, I, I talked about it in previous shows, is where to me would be Fidelity. So is the, you know, the company to invest with. I like their trading options. I like their platform. I think it's easy to use for an everyday investor. You literally, you log in, you hit, or tr- you hit trade, you tell them, how much you're looking to either spend or how many shares you want to buy. It can do a calculator for you. You hit preview, you hit done, and you're done. It's really that easy. You can set up automatic investments. Is there a lot of research options for you? There's tons of research options as well. It goes across stocks, IPOs. That One thing I really like is um, I sign up for their newsletters. So something else I bring up on the show sometimes Mm -hmm. is talk about their research and what they're doing right now. Um, so they get emails on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. They do webinars. There was a tax strategy webinar I did last week. Wait, a lot of, lot of great content that they're providing for free for their customers. So you would go start off to go to Fidelity? I would start off to go to Fidelity and start off with either, you know, if I have $10,000 or if maybe I want to do 50 bucks a month. So, so, so I have- I know why you would go to Fidelity, but why would you? Why can't? Why should I go to a full service broker who does everything for me? I give him thousands of dollars, and he does all the work for me. You could do that. Um, as over time, the stock market being, uh, let's just call it perfectly priced, and there's theories about this. 
you could invest in just index funds or mutual funds or ETFs, and you could probably get the same amount of return over a period of time. If you wanted to give your money and also pay the fees and also invest in their products, which is going to get more money out of your pockets. So the fees and the the, 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 the expenses to buy a product. Let me give you let me give you an example. So how much do you want to pay per trade? I don't. <laughs> okay. How much do you think is fair to pay per trade? Um, just not knowing, not okay, knowing so, at all. So, so if if I am, uh, uh, you're gonna buy stock. You're buy hundred shares of stock X. Okay, I, I'm thinking two dollars in, two dollars out, five bucks turn around. Okay, so and, and I that's and that's because I think I've made a, a good profit because I'm trading, not investing. All right. So normal price to pay nowadays is somewhere between five and eight dollars a trade. That's okay. that's buying and selling. So if you buy and sell, that's let's we'll, let's we'll, we'll use five dollars. That. Yeah. So that's ten bucks. Yeah. So now you go to a full service broker. All right. Oh, that's not a full service broker. No. Oh. So if like you go to an Edward Jones, you're paying upwards of eighteen thirty dollars a trade for their services, and you're gonna invest in their mutual funds. So which what? you're going to pay one percent. So you've already. So let's say you're very early. You're a young investor. You only have maybe a thousand dollars, a couple hundred bucks to start. Do you really want to take? And let's just do the breakdown of a quick percentage here. So I've got two hundred bucks to start. If I go to a full service broker, I give them two hundred dollars. They make my first trade for me. There, I'm already out say, bucks. thirty bucks. Let's say thirty. So I've already chopped off fifteen percent. So I'm way behind. And they're going to take one percent of my. One to three percent for a mutual fund. How much are you really gaining here? So, or we can put it into an index stocks, index funds. That will be zero trading fee, and be like a what two percent, uh, two tenths of a percent management fee, or like um, on the dollar? something like point oh two five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing compared yeah. to this one to two percent for your mutual fund. So, the one thing that investing should be easy teaches um, is. Keep the money in your pocket out of theirs, especially for smaller beginner investors because you want to build your confidence and you also want to keep the money in yours. So you reduce mutual fund fees, reduce your trading fees, and then also let your money grow. So, so you mean if, if – Let the dividends reinvest. If I've won the lottery, it's a good idea to go with these bigger brokerage firms. But if not, then probably not a safe bet. And how many people win the lotto? Okay then. Uh, All right. What's your second question that uh, a mailbag had. So, on? so that's <laughs> I, I like Fidelity. They have a lot of good options, and if you put it in their investment um, index fund profits, you can not their profits, their products. Sorry, I said that wrong. It's zero trading fees. Zero. Did you, not, is it? Is it got to be expensive somewhere? That, well, if you're using their product and their platform, they're getting a small piece of the puzzle. Very, very small piece, but they're betting for future things that you're going to eventually do other trades. You might do other things um, that they'll recoup the money later on. But they want they want people on their platform because as scale and as more investment opportunity investment products arise from other companies, the cost of trading when I first started trading when I was uh, 18, 20 years old used to be $15 a trade. Now it's five. That's three times less than what I used to pay from the same exact product. So that's why I like Fidelity a lot. I think there's a this might be a two-parter. Like we might want to cover this later. Is sure. Where would you want to invest your money in the stock market? Um, I talked about where as far as that's what platform, but what platform? 
but where as far as like what type of investments there might be something there but we'll we'll like to see if okay. um, we get a, a follow-up question there and which actually does kind of tie in the second question is what type of investment should I make so, so I have no crystal ball so if I said hey you know what put all your money in home the Depot. ones that win <laughs> this this is where um, diversity comes in and so diversifying, buying either um, a basket of stocks, which are ETFs, exchange-traded funds, is a great place to start because you want to get your feet wet, get comfortable. Before you say, I've identified these five stocks, you can do the five stocks, but it also depends on how much money you want to start with. If you're starting with a small, maybe $50 a month, that's all I can do. Okay, an ETF is a great starting point. So at, at what point... Do you not use ETFs or do you – no, not, not use. I'm sorry. Do you graduate into other things? So what I like to do is um, – this is kind of a maybe an advanced topic. Um, I mm -hmm. cover this in the book pretty, pretty heavily when I get into the um, practice portfolios that I put out there is I like to talk about a, um, a couple ETF as the fort. And depending on your risk level, so what's your risk propensity? Is it high or low? Are you a risky person or are you not risky? Um, yeah, no, not risky. Okay. So your fort, which is going to um, lower your risk, is I would say is at least 50% of your portfolio. So if I've got $10,000, I want 5000 across my ETFs. Okay. And the other 5000 we can spread that over maybe five or ten different stocks. And that's how you take your shots to try to – grab some higher returns on maybe ideas that you think are really cool, things that you believe in, or maybe with my research, you could grab one of those ideas as well. We talked about Sangamo and also Lyft is maybe not the right vehicle from an IPO perspective, but um, you know that's one idea as far as that I've talked about a few times. But that's kind of an advanced technique. I think once you want to start getting just beginners, just starting off with a few ETFs, um, let's just make that 100% of your portfolio, get your risk really low, get your confidence high, and start earning some money on top. So um, I know that, that in the beginning... Does that make sense, though? It makes very good sense, actually. Um, I know at the beginning of the year you put out a number of, I think, almost uh, 30 stocks that you thought in different categories, risky, not so risky, very safe, sure. that type thing. Can you do the same for ETFs? You can, and um, I'll give you um, even one step further on the advanced portion as well. So a basic um, index, you can mirror the S&P, you can mirror the Dow Jones, you can mirror um, the NASDAQ very easily. However, let's say you think the NASDAQ is undervalued. You could do a multiplier with a NASDAQ of two to three times. Ooh, we're getting really advanced here. Sure. So if the NASDAQ goes up 1%, you go up 3, 3%. And obviously, if, if it goes down 1%, you go down 3%. So there's that. Then also, one of the other things that I think is really cool, and we'll go back to the Fidelity example, they've gotten into factors and sector and also ideas ETFs. So and, and let me go, and I'll I go through. what sectors are, but factors and ideas? So factors is a new blend. It kind of goes up from a sector into like a specific area in a sector. So if you think about like robotics. So if we go with finance, but we go with uh, real estate in finance type thing. You could, I was going to say like robotics, mm -hmm. but maybe 
automation that powers robotics could be a sector but then they've also got this new thing called ideas or um like there's all kinds of different blends and again they're adapting to the market almost like um vodka had all kinds of different flavors they've got a sector on fintech well i'm gonna love this vodka or uh, this uh new market thing you're talking about. you like vodka too <laughs> but like fintech is an idea and also um as bitcoin blows up I'm not saying there's a bitcoin etf but think about um, companies that are penetrating the financial industry. So, for instance, like Square is a brand new company. They've been doing really well lately. They're not Visa. They're not MasterCard. They're not Discover. They've been around for 10, 20 years. Square's brand new. PayPal just spun off of ePay. Brand new. Even more brand new. All kinds of different companies that are going in there to disrupt that industry and they've got all kinds of things that you can start studying and ideation and go hey maybe i'll take an etf break it down i really like these three stocks then you start getting somewhere between taking an idea doing some analysis and so, then adding so what to the portfolio would, what i would love to hear is and obviously this is not for this show it's okay we have the ETFs, we have the uh, the sectors we have the fins factors factors and then we have the ideas okay so where do you how do you break up a portfolio and all those different things and that is definitely an advanced topic so i don't sure. want to talk about tonight but eventually i mean but i think, I think maybe like maybe a show we could dedicate to like each one of those different areas like what's I think what we have to dedicate at least one show to those things so. into into each one and then um if we have mailbag questions we could yeah. take those as well um again alex.richwagon at gmail.com but um i think those are kind of like where we should probably leave off today is um is a good thing and um covered a lot of ground covered a lot of ground we talked a lot about some of the news angles facebook amazon facebook just keeps giving us plenty of information thank you facebook and um, we also gave you a stock pick that's something to keep on your radar is um sgmo um sangamo and then um, a couple things for the future but uh, this is really a show about what, what you want to hear about, and hopefully we're hitting on the right topics. So um, if you have you know comments or feedback, please let us know, and uh, we'll keep Kobe around as long as uh, as long as you have him. And uh, so thank you so much for listening tonight, and uh, you guys be well. We'll talk to you in seven days. Have a good night. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.